Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim back again. And guess what? I brought back an amazing guest that was here last week who was just inspiring every single person who tuned into the show. I don't know, but last week, if you were tuning in, you probably heard of something that really just pumped you up, got you excited, made you want to go out there and change your entire life. What Saren did last week, Saren C., she was like covering her entire life story that got her to the point where she wanted to move forward and make change. In the last week, she's been doing amazing things, and she listened to what I talked about for um, the last 15 minutes of the show when I wrapped up, and she had to go. And now the pressure's on. How, how bad's the pressure right now, Saren? <laughs> the pressure's on. Um, no, no pressure. You know, I'm still doing my <laughs> thing, but yeah, you definitely... <laughs> definitely made me sound way too good last time but um yeah so i am back today nice well just to let you know what my philosophy on life is is first what you really have to do is go out there and expose yourself get vulnerable and create some deep relationships right and right. i think in the beginning of our relationship we kind of did that right um like establish a friendship first right yeah, I go out there and just talk about my vulnerabilities. You talk about yours, and we create that kind of like trust and bond and like camaraderie or whatever. Yeah, right? I feel like yeah, I, like that's the core of like a relationship, right? Is the ability mm-hmm. to be able to open up to each other and be vulnerable. Um, I think that's why a lot of people related to you before they even knew you is because you were so vulnerable, you know, through your writing and. Yeah. Um, I think it really, you know, touched people in a way that they felt that they could relate to you. And that's what made me comfortable to, you know, be open to discussion with you and meet up with you because I wanted to hear your story. And, yeah, and I just felt like, wow, this guy is so open about his life. You know, it just really showed you, you know, your character, um, and everything that you've gone through. So it made me comfortable, you know. I feel like if somebody else is vulnerable and they're willing to open up, it makes the receiving and the other party feel comfortable too. And whenever I interact with somebody, I always try to, you know, open up a little bit. I mean, you don't want to open up too much at the beginning, but I definitely feel like if you're vulnerable, it builds kind of that connection and that trust in some way. So I think it's a very important uh, important aspect if you want, like, an actually genuine relationship. So, yeah, and I'm glad we were able to do that. You know, we talk about everything nowadays. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we've, we've been able to create that relationship where I can tell you about, like, all the horrible things and all the great things that's happening in my life, and you can do the same with me. And we could give each other advice, and basically it's like, it's like a family type bond, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like very hard for people, though. I know everybody puts up like their front, right? They don't want to look weak. They want to look, you know, they want to portray this 
life that they don't really want people to know. But I think if you want to get to the core of establishing like a true, you know, connection, like you really need to break down that barrier. And I mean, not talk too much. I'm still, you know, I've learned not to expose too much about myself to somebody I don't really know because, you know, at the beginning, you just really don't know somebody that well. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you do it in moderation, just be real, you know, just be genuine. So it's a good way yeah. to start. And also, you know, um, yeah, it's just I, I don't like to judge people when I first meet them. Like what I said last time, everybody has their own battles that they're fighting too. That's I true. try to, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm friendly. <laughs> and, you know, I respect people. And if I... Like if I'm straightforward, if I try to be honest with them, you know, you have to do it with tact. And doing it with tact means, you know, you have to put yourself in somebody else's position before thinking that, you know, you're, I understand you want to help somebody and be straightforward and give them honest advice, but at the same time, you got to do that with tact. Because if you do it just from your own point of view, that's just kind of selfish, I feel like. You know, it's it's offensive sometimes. Um so always try to provide honest advice only if you could do it with tact. So hmm. put yourself in somebody else's position and then, you know, and then you could tell them what to do. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. What I feel is the next phase after you're able to build that relationship is figuring out who's really got your back and who's just there. And one of the things that I really find that helps define this is time. Right. Like you go out there, maybe there's a situation that arises. For them, they get to see how you act and how you react and how you have their back. But at the same time, if something ends up happening to you, you get to see if they're mm-hmm. actually your real friend, if they actually have your back or not. And this, I think that's the determining factor of the type of people that you keep around in your inner circle, the people that you take swings with, the people that you go and have their back. And I think those are the type of people that you just grow with, right? Yeah, you know, like people say, like you get to know who your true friends are when you are in your lowest points in life. You know, when you're going through the toughest times, you know, you're at your worst down point, you know, you're miserable, you're depressed, you know, you're not the type of person that most people will want to hang out with at that point, but those people that actually stick around, they're there for you, you know, they don't judge you, and they care about you. I think if you um, get over that down point, and then you realize that those people are the ones that are are actually your true friends, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the biggest telling factor, like, who's actually like a real friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, like in most situations, like when things come crashing down, you see people running the other way, right? They're, you're like, I need help, and they're just like, bye, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they stick around because they want to see, obviously people are, you know, they want to see how they could benefit, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, they stick around or they're around you, most likely because they they see, like, you're useful to them in some way, right? Yeah. Um, so once you're not useful to them anymore, you know, you're not doing as well in life, you're going through a hard time, um, you maybe can't bring them around, like, to the fancy clubs anymore, you can't get them in anymore, whatever the case is, 
uh, yeah, those people, they, right, you've probably had it before, too. I probably, I've had it before, too. They just disappear. Um, I mean, like, when I was 21, I used to go out a lot. Mm -hmm. And then, like, um, I mean, I didn't make a fortune or anything, but I just spent a lot of money, and people just hung around with me because I was, like, you know, going out, buying alcohol, eating good food and things like that. And people would kind of flock because they wanted that kind of lifestyle, too. And all of a sudden, when I didn't have it anymore, I took a look around, and I was like, where's my friends? And where's my friends? Where's my friends? Where's my friends? And I had no friends. (laughs) (laughs) It was, like, the saddest thing. And I think that happened maybe like two or three more times in life until I realized that I really needed to figure out a filter and a way to figure out like who's actually got my back and who doesn't. And one of the ways I did that was by instead of being, oh, look, I'm the best. I'm the coolest guy in the world. Come hang out with me. I started flipping it around to that vulnerability side where I was like, you know what? Let's just be real. And I saw who was real back. Then some people who are real back I mean, they're still not always there for you. But then some people who are vulnerable with you back, like they're the ones who have your back too, right? Exactly. Um, So, go on. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you're saying. So, I mean, that type of lifestyle obviously is going to attract people like that. I mean, for me, I attract you know, people for the wrong reasons based on other things, too. Like, maybe I can't provide that party lifestyle, you know, or whatever they're looking for. For me, maybe, like, it's a, maybe in my case, I tend to attract, like, you know, guys that, you know, hang around me for the wrong reason. Um, What's the wrong reasons? Wrong reasons. I don't know. You know, when you're a girl or a female and you are trying very hard in the business world, you know, you're bound to come across a lot of, I mean, I'm not um, just saying it's men. I'm sure men go through the same thing. But in my case, from my experience, you know, I tend to track men that seem like they want to help me, but ultimately they have a different goal, <laughs> you know. Mm. And, um, yeah, and that's the hard part about being a girl and trying to do business, especially like for me, I'm in tech and, you know, I'm around a lot of men. A lot of, I mean, I'm not saying they're all like that. A lot of these guys have been amazing. They're like some of my friends now, you know, we're teammates, we work together. But on the other hand, there are older, usually older gentlemen that (laughs) try to be my mentor. They try to help me. And I know in the back of my head, like ultimately, you know, they're helping me probably not for the right reason. And it's either, you know, I have a lot of self-respect. So, not, I mean, I won't allow them to cross my boundaries. Once they cross my boundaries, they're done. But mm-hmm. I will play my card right to the point where, you know, I, you know, I want to help them out, you know, if they want to help me out. And, yeah, I just play my cards right. You know, it opens opportunities for me. So why am I going to shut that down? Uh, I mean, we see it all over the news nowadays, some um, like sexual harassment's probably at an all-time high right now. And yeah. like a lot of people just blame themselves for what happens because they feel that it's their fault. And it really isn't, right? It's um it's probably how culture and everything pushed us into where we are now and people thought that they could get away with it and now they just can't get away with it anymore. 
Um, I, I mean, like in these types of situations, like there's a lot of women out there who are really going out there and trying to build a genuine business like you right. are. What kind of tips do you have for them? Um, you know, just maintain your self-respect and your self-dignity. I mean, that's business is business. It's not easy. You know, for me, it's like there's obviously there's a lot that people sacrifice. Like, I'm sure men sacrifice like a lot, like, you know, the same way everybody does for like their job or their work or, you know, especially being an entrepreneur, it's really tough. For a girl, we kind of have that additional, you know, setbacks that we do have to deal with. And for me, it's, yeah, I do have to sometimes sacrifice some of my self-dignity. I mean, I get a lot of, you know, uh, words thrown at me that are sometimes degrading and, I have to have a very thick skin. Like, either I, sh- I stick up for myself and be like, you know, I confront them or I just say this isn't appropriate right now. Um, in some cases, you know, I just pretend I didn't really hear it and I laugh about it and make a joke out of it just because you don't want to burn that bridge and you, you're really trying to build a relationship, a business relationship with somebody. Um, it's, yeah, it's not glamorous, but... <laughs> So far, though, yeah, a lot of my mentors that have tried to help me, yeah, I don't talk to them anymore for various reasons because eventually they do cross my line. But mm. for the time being, I take my opportunity to learn as much as I can from them, right? Yeah. And, uh, and at the same time, though, like some of them genuinely do want to help, especially when you earn that respect. Like for me, I'm very very adamant about earning that respect from, you know, just everybody, especially yeah. people that I work with and especially the opposite gender <laughs> because guys will be guys. And, um, yeah, but I feel like I earn that respect because I feel like, you know, I'm not, I don't leave guys on at all. I'm not flirty. You know, I, I think I'm relatively smart. <laughs> I feel like once, you know, they actually understand that you're actually serious and you're actually motivated and you're actually smart, and, you know, and you're dedicated. I think some of them will actually want to work with you and they pass opportunities on to you. So I've had actually quite a lot of opportunities passed to me, maybe from the wrong reason, but it, you know, that, like, I've had opportunities passed to me that probably wouldn't get passed on if you're, like, I don't know a guy <laughs> so, yeah this is just from my experience and so either I take it and I run with it or you know if I don't want to deal with it because I'm uncomfortable or I feel awkward I'm just not so I pick and choose and uh, so yeah th- I mean this is one way of op- that I open doors for myself so. <laughs> and so I see it as something that's an opportunity yeah, I can definitely see that. And um, my friend Imanu Bu, who runs Sway Media, and yeah. she's quickly becoming one of uh-huh. the big, biggest media muggles out there. No, I got I mean, to She's been you, tossed Mon. with. I know. Oh, remember when I said, mm-hmm. "Want to grab a bagel with me?" And we were in New York, and you're like, "No, I'm gonna stay here." I was meeting with Iman. No, I, I wanted you to. You could have came. I know. I yeah. actually, you know, I was watching one of her videos. Um, that she posted on her Instagram. And in, in it, she was saying how she walked into a meeting and the first thing the guy said to her was, oh, did you wear that pencil skirt for me? 
you know, yeah. and that for me, I resonated with that so much because you don't understand how many times, you know, I've been in a situation like that and you want to be taken seriously, but you're just getting thrown remarks. Like, I remember, I forget who said this to me, but, you know, I'm, I'm very ambitious. I'm always asking questions. I'm always putting myself out there and trying to learn. I don't remember who I was speaking to, but I remember one guy was like, oh, my God, maybe you should just marry a rich guy so you don't have to try like this anymore. <laughs> you know? Isn't it horrible to and hear things like that? I don't know like how that? many times I have to tell. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how many times I have to, like, literally explain myself to men that I don't need that, you know? <laughs> like, I don't need it. It's not important. Like, I'm not like that. Like, I have to literally explain myself. Like, why do I have to explain myself? Like, do I go up to a guy and be like, maybe you should just marry somebody rich, <laughs> you know, and just stop trying, you know? Maybe I should. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But Lenny, as a guy, kidding. like, like Leonard, as, you know, you don't really go through stuff like this, right? I mean, you, obviously, you're friends with Iman, you're friends with me, you know, so you hear our stories, but... How, what do you think? I mean, for a guy, I mean, we're kind of, uh, actually, let's hop off to a little commercial break. And once I get, once we get back, I'll just go into like my personal experiences with everything. So we could do a little bit of a comparison on like how different these uh, worlds are. Uh, You can follow me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter. Um, Saren just set up a Twitter finally. So you can follow her at C-E-R-Y-N-C-E-C-E-C. C-E-R-Y-N-C-E-E on Twitter, too. And we'll catch you after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel channel hear the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. 
Hey everyone, Leonard Kim back here again with Siren C. Uh, in the first segment of the show, what we really covered is the first two steps to really grow out there and create massive success. Step one was to create vulnerability and go out there and expose yourself and your weaknesses and your flaws. You don't play that highlight role, you get real instead. Step two, you figure out who's really got your back and who's loyal to you. Then we hopped into a little bit of an area where we got a little sidetracked and we started talking about how... It is to live in the world as a business person when you're a woman. And Siren got out there and shared some details about some encounters that she had. We talked a little bit about my friend Imanu Boo, who runs some um, Sway Media, a little bit more about her. She would get invited to like late night meetings. People would say she's way too pretty to be a CEO. P- other people would be like, hey, are you really going out there and really trying to do this? Or what benefits do I get if I invest into your company? And did you wear that pencil skirt for me? And like these are the types of situations that they have to encounter as women when they're going out there in the business world. And what Sarah really wanted me to do right now is share the guy's perspective of how the business world works, right? And what kind of struggle? Yeah, that'd be great. Just so we can kind of do a comparison. Sure. Well, I, I think right now, if I use like my status and where I am as of today, it's a little bit skewed where it doesn't really make sense because people are just like, oh, Leonard, I want to talk to him just because of uh, the influence I built up. So why don't we just backtrack to about maybe five, six, seven years ago when I worked in the startup industry. Does that work for you? Yeah. Okay, so like back then when I was working like at these little startups and everything, I mean, people, they would respect me because I was a person, but what they made decisions based off uh, wasn't like my looks, um, what they wanted out of me, but based on what I said. It was more like, does this person have value that they could provide to me? Do they have a product or service that I want? Do they, are they smart enough to really go out there and help me with whatever it is I'm doing or um, not? And that was kind of like the situation where I, as a man, where I, I don't really have to encounter all those like side objectives and all those other things that you really have to deal with. And I mean, I can definitely understand how frustrating it is to go out there and try to make it in the world when you have so many different setbacks and things as opposed to like someone like me like when I go out there I'm just like hey my name's Leonard I'm going to talk to you about this and people are like no or okay (laughs) right and it's not like I had to really go out there and try to earn my respect it's it's like it was already given and people talk to me based on if if it's something that um they saw benefit from or not but I, I could see it from your perspective where everyone wants to talk to you at first and like people later realize whether or not they're going to get what they want. Right. Yeah. I always have, I have a lot of, I mean, men like that approach me and they want to, you know, go to a meeting with me, you know, they want to talk to me and always in the back of my head, you know, as a, you know, it's unfortunate, but always in the back of my head, the first thing I think about is, okay, why do they want to get into this meeting with me? It's probably because, you know, they like me for other reasons. And, um, but for me, it's still an opportunity, you know, it's still, um, a way for me to learn something or to get to actually know somebody in network. I mean, it's a different, it's, you know, not the right way to actually meet somebody, but at least it opens doors and it's good and bad, you know? So I just always try to see the good out of it. And yeah, so I get to work with, 
a lot of people and I've had, you know, just a lot of projects that I've been able to take on and work with because, you know, I get, I get approached. So, yeah, so it's good and bad. I mean, if you're getting approached so much, you have to really think about it. Like, if you know that all these people have an ulterior motive, it could get pretty scary, and you you probably want to protect yourself. What are some things that you do to really, like, protect yourself from falling victim to a situation that you don't want to arise? Because, I mean, I, I think that's a concern that I would legitimately have if I was in your situation. Right. You know, I've gotten a lot smarter there have been i mean i've definitely made a lot of mistakes i've gotten screwed over you know um Uh in the past and so i've had opportunities to get into like a trike rental business i'm sure you know you've heard about it and originally i was working with a guy he's like maybe 40s 50s family guy and you know like I am, I used to be a lot more trusting, so I trusted him because I used to do a lot of design work for him, and he will pass along a lot of projects to me, but he will always, you know, there's just things that as, you know, you try to keep the business relationship going so you don't want to um, instigate any, uh, how do you say, drama or bad feelings or bad thoughts, so... There would be times when he would always kind of hint that, oh, you're cute, you could do this, or, <laughs> you know, I could put you in this booth because you're cute, you're going to attract attention. But I just laugh it off. So there's little things there and there, like, you got to play your cards right. I laugh it off. Um, I don't want to ruin my opportunities or my business relationship with this person. And then eventually he had a trike rental business that he was trying to Oh, so... Um- <clears throat> So Catherine used to, or Sarah used to have a trike business and that was set up in like Newport Beach and with her trike business, what she did was, um, uh, let's see, what she did with that is, oh, there you are. I was trying to fill in your story gap and I'm like, I'm having difficulty. (laughs) Yeah, I Um, had my phone connected to my car Bluetooth and then my car shut off because I've been sitting here. Um. You were talking about the trike business and how it was set up in Newport. Yeah, so going back to that, so originally what he proposed to me was, hey, I want you to ride one of these, like, these trikes. It's a three-wheel carving vehicle. That's what they call it. It's similar to the Segway, Mm -hmm. but it's like a scooter, but with three wheels, it's electric-powered. And he said, you know, I want you to ride these around and promote it for me. So, in like, his original attention was for me to ride around, you know, be, like, a cute little girl, whatever, riding his trikes and just getting people's attention so he can make sales. But for me, I was like, I don't want to do stuff like that, you know? So I told him, hey, is this a good business? Like, instead of me doing that, I want to invest. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into investing into this business. And at that time, I was younger, you know, I was very excited. I was very naive. And him and his partner eventually convinced me to invest majority of the capital into this business that they wanted to build into a franchise. So listen to this. They wanted me to be a franchisee. This is just how mm-hmm. <laughs> ignorant sometimes I am. I mean, it's a learning process. I've learned a lot, but 
at that time, they wanted to build this business into a franchise, and they wanted me to be a franchisee. Even at that time, I kind of knew that in order for me to be a franchisee, there needs to be a master franchise, right? There needs to be, like, a system in place for you to even be able to call yourself a franchise. And so, you know, they basically just took advantage of my inexperience. So they convinced me to be a franchisee, meaning I had to basically open shop for myself, invest everything into the capital, um, you know, buy all the inventory, uh, pay for the insurance, Everything. So, and in return, they were going to do the operations. Um, and long story short, what happened was, I think we're getting off topic now. <laughs> I don't think this is how a franchise works either. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they basically convinced me that I'm a franchisee, even though I wasn't. And I think at that time, I just was going not... I was going through a really tough time. You know, my ex-boyfriend had stolen a lot of money from me, too. And I was trying to actually escape him. <laughs> At the same time, I have, like, I thought, which, I mean, businessmen are businessmen. They, you know, they make everything. They're, they sell. You know, they're salesy. So they basically sold me the idea that this business is going to make so much money because each one of these vehicles, if we did it right, could have been rented out for $40 an hour. You know, the Segway gets rented out. I think for forty to fifty dollars an hour, um, mm-hmm. but what I realized is, is, is it was such a tough business because on top of that, you got to be in um, a very touristy location, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for it to work out, you got to be in a location where there's going to be a lot of traffic, and what comes with a location with a lot of traffic and a lot of tourists are is very very high prices for the rent, you know, for the location. Mm-hmm. And so we could not find the location. We looked into Venice and it was just so overpriced. So what we eventually did was we found a shop owner down in Newport Beach by Balboa Inn, which is a very popular strip. And we uh, negotiated so that we would revenue share his existing bicycle location, bicycle shop. And so we were revenue share so... Uh, basically, we would get 60% of the revenue and profit, and he would get the other 40%. Um, what yeah, that sounds was, even less like a franchise now. Right. So what happened was um, my partners ended up, so it was very important. So this is what I learned the hard way, getting off topic again. But, uh, um, like, for me to work with somebody now as a partner, I have to be able to at least trust them, like, I don't know, 95% is even pushing in, like, like at least 95%, you know, 100% will be ideal if I could trust somebody. So and now how do you establish that, or how does, how does someone establish that trust with you? So that's very hard. That's why for the past two years since this trike business, I just haven't, you know, partnered with anybody. If mm-hmm. I were to partner with people, it would definitely be like my friends, you know, like, Maybe some of even my best friends. Just good people that I've known for years and I know their character. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's hard to say. You know, if it's a good opportunity now, I'm just a lot smarter now. Like, with the trike business, I just thought, I thought, I mean, they sold me. I thought it was a good, fun opportunity. You know, I was excited and I want, really wanted to get away from my ex at that time. Like, this is my way in my head of thinking. This is the only way I'm going to build an opportunity opportunity for myself so I can get away from him and not rely on him 
get out of this financial abusive cycle that he has stuck me into. Um, yeah, so at that time, I just kind of jumped into it without really thinking too much. That's the other problem. I just didn't really do my research. Jumped into a business I hardly know about. And so now I've learned that I don't invest. I don't want to get myself into a business unless I really research and really understand what it is. Mm-hmm. So right there and then, I remember we were in a meeting. So I'm not going to say their names just for legal reasons. Um, so partner one, partner two. <laughs> so two guys, they're both, both in their 50s, family guys with kids. One of them was actually franchise owners, so he has a lot of pizza shops. So mm-hmm. it seemed like he was relatively, like, really successful. And, you know, he was a graduate from Morton School. He had a startup back in the day that he sold for millions. So for me, I always try to see how can I learn from this. And even if the business fails, what I can learn from it. So I just never, ever in my head at that time thought that I was actually going to get screwed over by these two guys who were decent people, you know, with mm-hmm. kids and a family and, like, businesses, you know. Um, yeah, and then if you look at these guys, they look like dads. <laughs> hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so I remember I was in a meeting with them. They were just, like, selling me so hard, convincing me so hard how we don't need a lawyer for contracts. You know, that's a waste of money. And then he told me, you know, back in the day, like one of the guys, he was like, back in the day, I had my professor tell me that contracts are honestly a waste of time and money. Like, well, we could just write it by ourselves. <laughs> oh, my God. I learned, see, this is one thing. Stupid mistake. I definitely learned it the hard way. And then, Would yeah, you recommend so we, anyone to write a contract themselves now? Oh, my God. From now on, please. Have a freaking contract. Get a lawyer to do it. Yes. Have it on paper, legitimate, like real. Um, don't ever do what I did. So what the guy did, he just wrote like a addendum in Word. Maybe like 20 sentences long. Just basically kind of explaining like this is how many trucks I'm buying and what my percentage is, my equity. You know, and what our roles are. Not even really our role, just but just what I was supposed to be responsible for. And uh, and then the operating contract was just a cookie cutter template that nobody even customized anything. You know, I thought I I don't know why I was just not thinking right. I was just excited. You know, just inexperienced. I have to. Um, but for me, it's like I was like even if this business doesn't go the way it doesn't take off the way I want it to at least I can learn from these guys that's what I was thinking at least I can learn how to do business at least I can learn you know how to build a business and I have two guys who are who have been in the business world for a long time that could support me and guide me so at least for me that I felt maybe my money can at least buy me that experience little did I know that these guys are just straight out we're just going to Screw me over. So, and yeah, so they see, you know, somebody young, ambitious, very motivated. They knew that was just an easy target to just make a quick buck from. And what happened was they lied to me. They bought the inventory, lied to me about the receipts. And, you know, they did end up buying the inventory like they said they were, but they bought it at wholesale price. And they lied to me and they said mm-hmm. they got it at retail price, right? So at least half of my investment just kind of disappears. 
Wow. So that investment was supposed to go towards like buying all the trikes, right? Like if I buy 13 of them, they're like, what, 25, 2200 each at that time, or whatever the case. So you can imagine, or just kind of estimate how much I did put in. I mean, this is the sad part. It's like, it wasn't like that much. I mean, it is a lot of money, but compared to like doing business, like, like for you to screw over like somebody who's just so ambitious, ambitious and wants to learn, just over like, like what, ten thousand, right? Even for me, I was just like, "Wow, this is just really kind of pathetic," you know. But what I learned the hard way that, you know, money, like when it comes to money, people change, hmm. and it's very sad, you know. Even just for a couple of thousand dollars, like people, I've realized a lot of people are willing to do whatever they can. They'll screw people over. They'll lie to you, you know, like my ex did, just to. We, you know, just to get money. Huh. <laughs> and that's one so, thing that I would never understand. Um, but so, I learned the hard way to not very, very careful. Yeah. So that's an interesting point you make right there. Like, for money, right. people change. And let's just dwell I'm on that for a little bit while we yeah. take a little commercial break. Uh, you can find Sharon at C-E-R-Y-N-C-E-E on Twitter. And you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim. Uh, we're going to hop off for a little commercial break, and we'll be back soon to talk more about how money changes people. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Would you like to make more money, help more people, and have more fun? Tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show because you'll discover the money, mindset, and marketing skills that will help you create the abundant lifestyle you desire. As an international keynote speaker, best-selling author, and thought leader, Noah helps business owners increase their income, influence, and impact. So tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern noon pacific on the voice america influencers channel change starts here change starts now join us the voice america influencers channel this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. 
Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hello, it's Leonard Kim from LeonardKim.com. And we're back with Sharon T. And we've been talking for a while about like all the different struggles that you can face with dealing with business. And what Sharon did is she brought up a lot of the red flags that could come up when you potentially go out there and build a business. And if you read through the lines between what she says, you could tell that there's a lot of things that you really need to avoid. And I think what happened with Sharon is she kind of fell into a situation where she went out there and she wasn't working with people who wanted to help bring her up instead she was working with people who just kind of wanted to take advantage of her and get the and um swing the one over on her and Sharon do you think that's the way businesses should be built no no I think if you have to screw people over like that's just not a good business ethics right and ultimately even if you're making a lot of money from doing that like in the end it's like is that fulfilling yeah, and on the other side that. of it, mm-hmm. like those two partners that you had, did they really make good money out of screwing you over? Or did they, like, what happened with them? I have no idea. So I cut my contact with them. I don't know. I just, you know, I wish them good luck. So. Yeah, but chances are they went out there, they tried to do these things, and they tried to make money off you, but they're probably in the same, if not worse, situation than when they originally met you, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah. That's probably why uh, they do what they did. Yeah. So. And then here's the thing. Like, let's say you're going out there thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to go make a business, and I'm just going to go out there and screw people over. Guess what? You're really not going to make it that far, just like those other two guys. And sure, it's always good to be cautious if you're getting into business with other people, but you got to get into business with the right type of person. With um, Sharon, what she did is she went out there, she started working with people, and they were like, oh, no contracts, let's write up our own, let's do things this way, and they tried to go around the books. And you could tell they were trying to pull a fast one on her, and sometimes our other obligations in life, they really cloud our judgment from what we really should be doing, like Sharon going through that breakup me going through like personal life issues and kind of, like me I wanted to go out there and build something big but then every time my um, ex would be like oh I'm not going to get back with you until you make six figures or she'll say something of that nature or no you're not successful yet so I go and I try to find shortcuts to move ahead and every time I try to look for those shortcuts guess what I kept falling back further and further too. But now I've realized that the secret, the true secret to go out there and create massive success is to follow that three-step phase that we were talking about. Step one, go out there, expose yourself, get vulnerable. Step two, figure out who's got your back. Saren, you didn't figure out who's got your back because those guys definitely didn't have your back. But step three is after you go out there and figure out who's got your back, you have to go out there and you have to co-elevate and help build each other up. It's a concept that I came up with that Keith Ferrazzi came up with, and he's going to be launching that in his next book. But this co-elevate concept, what that basically is, is I become your cheerleader, you become my cheerleader, we become each other's support system. We say, go, go, go. You can do it. You can make it. And what we do is we lift each other up, uh, up on the pedestal and we help promote each other and push each other to the top until we all succeed. And with that kind of success, what happens, or with that kind of motivation, guess what? You have people who have your back. You have people you can trust, and you're pushing them all to the top together. So guess what? Every single person wins. 
And the only way to really create true success in life is by creating win-win-win situations where everyone's winning and no one's losing. So do you think if you went out there and let's say that strike situation happened again and these people were like, yeah, we'll get you a contract, we'll help promote you, we'll all build it together. Do you think you guys would have made it a lot further than you did? Well, for now, like, I mean, I've learned that I have to ask for uh, help, you know? I can't do it alone. That's yeah. what I've learned. So now it's like if I were to get myself into any new projects, I would definitely ask questions from the people that I trust for their opinions, mm-hmm. um, from people who have been there, done that. So, yeah, but before I, I was just like, I could do it myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't need anybody. So... Yeah, and I think that's... Yeah, so going back to people that you trust, so, you know, I've built a lot of great relationships with a lot of really amazing people that I could, you know, I have that support system now. Yeah, and I think one of the real key things about, like, making it in life is knowing when to ask for help and asking for help because the people who are too stubborn to go out and go, hey, I need help with something, like me, um, I know when I was too busy or too stubborn to ask for help, I just saw my whole life crash before my eyes. And once right. I started saying, I need help, I need help, I need help, like I got help before I was even in those situations. How about you? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, moving forward, I don't know if this is, <laughs> I'm sure, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, I could just, tell people what kind of not to do, right? You don't want to get into the same situation as me. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, take everything as a learning experience. Um, so, I have to. You got this. Yeah, so, ways to you not get to over, right? <laughs> you, you know this. I think what Saren's basically trying to say is what you really have to do is just trust your instinct, go out there, really figure out and filter the people that you really want to go out there and work with and figure out who's actually really got your back and who is really going to help elevate you to the next level. Because when Saren references her friends, her friends are the ones who's got her, who's supporting her. They're looking out for her. They're looking behind, they're looking out for her back, making sure that nothing happens. And they're the ones who are encouraging and pushing her up. And that's why, where Saren is today is a lot better than where she was about a year ago when she was working on that track project and everything was just going haywire. And in life, what you really have to do is just find those key people, those that key group of people who you can trust and rely on. Like, why don't you take some of the characteristics of your friends, the people that you genuinely trust, and like talk about what those key characteristics are that makes them different. It makes you trust them versus the other people that you've encountered and worked with or that might be like um, trying to get other things out of you, Saren. What was the question again? Sorry, you kind of cut off. Okay. So the key characteristics of your existing friends who that make them different, that make you trust them, that make you know that you can rely on them versus the uh, other types of people that you encounter in life? Um, I mean, most of my friends nowadays are people that are just honest. Uh, I learned that, you know, people who tell a lot of lies, little white lies, those are people that you probably should avoid. (laughs) 
because if they lie, make little white lies, they're definitely bound to make, able to make bigger lies. Um, and also for me, just, you know, people that have just been there for me, like, like what we were saying at the beginning, like when, you know, you are going through hard times, uh, those are the people that are there to support you. I remember with the trike, from, you know, the trike incident, remember Leonard, like you helped me get those trikes out of the shop. Oh, yeah. And nobody, right. So, you know, I mean, that was not an easy task to do, but <laughs> I had to was so heavy. And the and, truck bed wouldn't go down. <laughs> right. So, you know, they're like, that's how you know who you can actually trust. And um, for me, just, you know, people that actually make the effort and they spend time with you, right? I think. Any relationship, you would definitely have to take the time, right, to build that relationship, to maintain it. And that takes time. Time is very valuable. But I now I allocate my time only to people that I actually value the most. Yeah. Um, well, you so, know, no matter what, I have your back all the right? time. Yeah, you really pick and choose nowadays who who you value the most and who you want to spend the most time with because, you know... Nowadays, we're so busy. There's so much time that I have that I can, you know, take to hang out with everybody to maintain that relationship. Um, yeah, a lot of my friends, especially my girlfriends, we've just all been there for each other. You know, I could t- talk to them about anything. Um, and the ones that want the best for you. I think deep down inside, you will know which friends want the best for you. Meaning they support you, they're happy for you when good things happen to you. There are friends that, you know, if they're jealous or you can kind of tell they're bitter when something good happens, it's probably not a good sign either. Um, yeah, I've encountered that a few times when exactly. someone who I thought was my friend the whole time, then they see some success coming around and they're like, oh, let's just talk crap about Leonard now. And I'm like, I thought you were my friend. Why are you being so mean to me? Yeah. And it's because they get jealous because they feel that they're better than you and uh, that's really what causes all of it. So you have to find people who don't think they're better than you. I think that's another key trait. But someone that you see as equal and you want to help and support and help them grow. Right. And I mean, ultimately, like, we, this is the way I see it. Like, we all live once, you know. I want mm-hmm. all my friends to just be happy because in the end, you know, we live this life once. And we're all, you know, in this, on the same journey and the same path. And if I could, you know, I want to help my friends achieve what they want to do my best ability I just want to see everybody happy so there's no point yeah. you know competition you know the jealousy um so I surround yeah so nowadays I just surround myself with people that help me grow that inspire me and that I could get advice from um and just people that are you know that are ambitious and just positive right because yeah. when your friends are positive. You're going to be positive. You're the average of the five people you hang out with, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe that um, Sabina Lee, she's the founder of Angel Hack, she said something that was very profound. She's like, if you're on top of the, uh, if you're up on top, 
get that elevator, send it down, and go bring someone up on the elevator with you so they can move up too. Always send that elevator down to bring someone up else up. And I think that's what life's all really about, just sending that elevator back down and lifting each other up. Right. So, yeah, so for me, everybody that I am around now, you know, they they just all inspire me. So I've definitely learned how to be more selective with who the who my closest friends are. And very important because it really affects you and your lifestyle and you as a person. Yeah, my friends inspire me each and every single day. And it's like the weirdest thing because years ago, like I, I wouldn't get really inspired by like anything. But now my friends are moving forward. They're elevating themselves. I'm helping motivate them. They're going out there and doing bigger and bigger things. And I'm all of a sudden getting all this motivation and inspiration from the moves that they're making. And I'm like, wow, this is absolutely amazing how someone who could just go from a friend becomes someone who actually inspires you to like really go out there and move and make changes in your life. And I think that's a pretty phenomenal thing. Right. And I feel like, obviously, if you're a good person, you're a good friend, um, it's going to definitely open doors for you, right? I have a really close group of friends, and now we're working together. We're uh, running marketing, marketing campaigns together. And you know what happens is we're all so close, and we, um, we all support each other. You know, we work together, we teach each other, and at the same time, we're making money, so it makes it fun, right? Yeah. So, for me, it's like kind of rewiring my brain, you know, from the past, which was money is hard to come around, it's stressful, you know, going back to my childhood, like my parents, like money was a very tough um, topic to talk about, it's always so stressful, not fun. So every time, like, you know, I was working or trying to make money, it was stressful. But now you rewire that, and, you know, I met a lot of great people that have inspired me, and now working with them. And it's just, yeah, so, you know, I just think of it as something fun now. I'm enjoying so, it. So, <laughs> I think Instead of like, oh, some... i got to go to work, you know, i got to work <laughs> on a salary. Nine to five. No, it's not like that anymore. So I think to sum things up, the key things that we have to really remember from this is you have to go out and make an opportunity. You can't let your circumstances hold you back. You have to go out there. You have to uh, work on exposing yourself, building trust, and uh, figuring out who's got your back and co-elevating each other up and making sure that you can rely on everyone within you. And I think that really sums up the key secrets to success. And we're going to have to tune out now. We'll see you again next week. Once again, my name is Leonard Kim. You can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter. And you can find Saren C at C-E-R-Y-N-C-E-E on Twitter. And once again, share this episode with whoever you know. And let's change the world step by step. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.